Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmasters, Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Well, today we hear farm reaction from last night's re-election of the SAS party government under Premier Scott Moe. APAS President Todd Lewis says there were no big surprises. We talked to the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association about tomorrow's online fall districts meeting and his reaction to Ottawa's expansion of the emergency business account program. We have a feature on pulse crop diseases and controlling the risk. We also take a look at the harvest wrap-up in the Yorkton district with the crop extension agrologist. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities Today, 306-624-2378. APAS President Todd Lewis says there was no big surprise in last night's provincial election result. The SAS party won its fourth straight majority government, leading in 48 of 61 ridings. That number changes around a little bit. Lewis says rural Saskatchewan has shown strong support for the SAS party. Well, very strong result for uh, Premier Moe and the Saskatchewan party, and uh, uh, certainly <laughs> rural Saskatchewan uh, has uh, been a been strong supporter of the Saskatchewan party in the in the past uh, you know farmers and ranchers and uh, if you look at the voting numbers in uh, in the uh, rural ridings they're a very strong Saskatchewan party and uh, we saw a continuation of that and uh, so I think overall uh, really uh, producers and will be uh, happy with the results and uh, looking forward to the next mandate of the of the Mo government any surprises I, you know, I think to be to be fair, it's not uh, really surprising with the results, but uh, really to see the uh, NDP actually drop in their amount of popular vote, uh, you know, I think was uh, could be seen as a as a bit of a surprise with the you know with the the SAS party, uh, you know, what is this four in a row now? Uh, typically, you know, you see a little bit more drop off, but uh, they're as strong as they, as they have ever been in the. Uh, NDP is uh, it still seems to be struggling uh, to find uh, an identity and uh, to get traction with voters. Yeah, as you mentioned, the rural Saskatchewan had solid support for the SAS party. What are some of the key issues you expect to be uh, discussed, uh, resolved uh, with the, the in the farm issue area? Well, I think you know we'll see uh, policy and issues that uh, 
have been ongoing. Uh, you know, the uh, implementation of the of the trespassing laws. Uh, you know, I think uh, lots of uh, lots of talk around that. Uh, you know, to get that uh, those regulations in place. Uh, water management, of course, is always uh, you know both you know keeping water with the dry situation we had in a lot of the province this year, or or in the wetter years, uh, moving you know moving water and managing it so that uh, producers can get on the field in in a timely fashion. That's another example of ongoing policy issues uh, and certainly rural connectivity I think is uh, really quickly rising to the top of priority list for a lot of uh, rural producers that uh, you know we need to see improvements as far as uh, internet connectivity and high-speed internet. Agri-stability another issue? Oh certainly and I mean that'll come to uh, you know the the upcoming meeting uh, you know federal provincial meeting uh, looking forward to that and see what comes out of that and uh, you know just get the review process over with hopefully we'll get some clarity around uh, where the feds and the provinces are going to go which direction they're going to head on business risk management and uh, and of course then uh, talk about the next uh, five-year plan i think i believe that uh, comes out in 2023 which which is a lot closer than uh, it was uh, when you know the last the last mandate for the government so i think it's uh, important that uh, you know brm is uh, something that you don't spend a lot of time thinking about the average farmer but at the same time uh, when we end up uh, in disaster situations we we got to make sure that we do have good programming. Expect any changes in the agriculture minister portfolio? You know, it's hard to say, Jim. I don't know. I I mean, it's not not needed one way or the other. I don't think uh, that's a. All ministers uh, serve at the pleasure of the premier, and uh, certainly we've been uh, lucky. You know, my time, uh, you know, going was it would say pass. Uh, we had Minister Benrod, and then Minister Stewart, and and uh, now Minister Merritt. So we've uh, had three strong ministers, and uh, I'm sure whatever Minister Mo decides with, it'll. I look forward to working with the next uh, agri- agriculture minister, whoever he or or she is. I guess is the way to put it. Todd Lewis is the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Farm business risk programs, the coronavirus, irrigation expansion are among the issues expected to be raised at the virtual meeting tomorrow of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Cattlemen's Association Chair Arnold Belicki of Shellbrook says the group's district meetings will be rolled into one online information session tomorrow at 1 p.m. Well, we're going to have a, a virtual, and for that, uh, we're asking producers uh, to, to go on the fastbeef.com website, and there's a place where you can register for the meeting on Wednesday. It's at 1 o'clock, and... Uh, so uh, we're not going to have guest speakers. We normally have people from the Ministry of Ag and uh, research people at our uh, in-person meetings, but that won't happen this year. So we're going to give a rundown on uh, all the things we've been working on this past year on their behalf, uh, such as ag stability. That's taken up a lot of our time. Uh, we've been pushing hard for the feds to recognize the fact that ag and the province too that ag stability does not and cannot work under the existing criteria that's there uh, we're looking for removal of the reference margin limit and and take the trigger back to 85 percent and and uh, right now as it stands if you put your own hay up that's not uh, eligible for ag stability calculation but if you buy your hay it is so some unfairness and so we've been working really hard on that and as I understand it, there's a federal-provincial territorial meeting 
in November here, and uh, our, our provincial minister is well aware of our requests, and, and uh, so we're hoping that if he's the one to be at that meeting, that he can uh, really express our concern for change under that one. The other thing we've been working on since COVID started in March, and, and we just got the announcement of SEBA for the purpose of SEBA, that farmers and ranchers are now considered a business for, for, for that, and which we've been working on forever. It's really nice to see that uh, that's come through. What impact does that do to the farmers? What does it do? How does it help? Well, how it helps is, is the fact that it's an interest-free loan. You know, if let's say, for instance, now, and it's normal, cattle prices drop when the community pastures come out and fall roundups for on-farm uh, happens, and everybody takes some cattle to market, or, or, or in some cases, all of their cattle to market, so the price drops. And so if you can get a SIBA loan, you can wait, wait out the market, and, and uh, when this glut or this run of market cattle are or over with the price normally goes back up and then you can sell. So really it buys you some time to, to work with the market. And uh, so that's a good thing. And, and if it's the way it was when it started, you get a $40,000 loan and, and that 10,000 is forgivable, just like all the other businesses. So it's nothing uh, special for, for producers, but it's, we, we're sure glad to be a part or recognized as part of a business, just like every other business in, in Canada. Especially producers, it allows, as you said, a chance to buy time to wait for market improvement. Exactly, exactly. So, there's, so there's that. We we uh, we're really happy with that one. The other things we uh, will probably come up is, uh, and we're really grateful for the announcement on irrigation. Our our province they took the initiative to uh, reinvest or made the announcement to reinvest in, in irrigation in Saskatchewan, and so now, uh, of course. We couldn't find out the details once the writ dropped, but we're hoping once the election's over with that we'll be able to find out how the feds will participate with their uh, funding from the infrastructure bank. And uh, so it, that's really exciting for, for producers that live close to the irrigation uh, project and would have some type of guarantee of production, especially if water is kind of a limiting factor. So if you can irrigate, I think you're well on your way. We don't suffer up here so much about it on drought. Uh, actually, in some cases, I think we suffer because we have too much water. So we, we hope as much consideration is, giving, is given to uh, the drought areas that are going to get irrigation uh, and that we have consideration to the uh, areas to help mitigate the uh, risk of flood. So uh, we're working on that. Um, we're happy. The Trespact Act, I think, is pretty well gone through. The only thing they're waiting for right now is, is the development of the app, finalizing of the app. So that's kind of exciting. But yeah, we're uh, we're there uh, to listen. Uh, I, all of our board will be on and, and staff members. And so if uh, producers and ranch have questions, I mean, that's this is this is the place for them to ask those questions, and and, and the answers will will be will be provided for them. I guess the other thing I should mention in regards to our district meetings and District 7, we had an election. Paula Larson, long, long time, represented that district, uh, decided not to run, and so Jolene Shea took up the challenge, and, and uh, William uh, and uh, Jolene has got the uh, has got the nod. She's going to be representing uh, District 7 in uh, in our first meeting in February. And of course, there's always research, and so if producers want to know what research projects we have funded or, or what stage they're at, uh, Marianne can fill them in on that. So just, yeah, any questions you want to ask, the, the, we're there to, to try and, and walk you through it and help you understand the purpose of what we do. 
Arnold Balicki is the chair of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, which holds its fall district meeting. That's tomorrow at 1 p.m. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau says Ottawa plans to expand the interest-free portion to $60,000 and the non-repayable portion to $20,000 from the Canada Emergency Business Account Program. That's SIBA. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Pete, uh, I want to talk about center tire inflation systems. Now, whenever we go to Agritechnica every two years, Jay and I always see tons of technologies that have to do with center tire inflation systems. It's not as common here. I got a lot of questions on the why not, but you recently talked to a farmer that, boy, did, did he ever get the benefits of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for anybody who doesn't understand, central tire inflation system basically is you can change your tire pressure on the go. And why does that matter? Well, if you think about it, if you're going down the road, you roll easier if the tire is soft or if the tire is hard. Sean, what do you say? If you're going down the highway? Yep. Highway. Oh, you want it hard. Exactly. As hard as you can get it almost. If I'm in the field... Does it roll easier and, and pull better if it's, if it's hard like I want it on the road or if it's really soft? What works better? Uh, you want it to be soft? 100% because you get more contact area with the soil. And, and, you know, you'd think, well, gosh, that means it rolls harder. No, it actually sits on the soil surface. It gets more traction and it rolls easier. And if you don't believe that, Get some soft soil, I don't know, get your sandbox or, or it's wet out in the field and take your wheelbarrow, load it right up and pump the tire up as hard as heck and try to push it through the mud and then deflate it so it's almost flat, but it's still, you know, got a footprint and try to push it through the mud. Way easier to push it through the mud when it's deflated. So, so this central tire inflation system, that's exactly what it does. I pull on the road, I'm going to go fast. And I need high inflation pressures. I get in the field, I need low inflation pressures. But if I go down the road with low inflation pressures, well, number one, I'm not safe because I'm weaving all over. And number two, I wear the tire way faster because I have all that much more contact area and it's harder to push. Everybody says, well, that's all, all well and good, but what does it cost? Well, these systems typically, it depends on, you know, lots of variables, but $25,000, $30,000. Yeah, nobody wants to pay that much. How do you get payback on that? So Hockey Clausen, they're, they're large farmers. They do a lot of custom work. They are on the road a whole, a whole bunch. And they have one of these, uh, uh, I forget now, it's a Claus tractor. I can't even think of the name of it now, but a great big 650 horsepower. They got 8,800 hours out of one set of tires by using the central tire inflation system. So almost 9,000 hours out of a set of 
uh, axial bibs. That's unbelievable. How many people get 9,000 hours out of a set of tires, Sean? It just doesn't happen. No kidding. So that, 30, crazy. Yeah, crazy. 30 PSI going down the road, dump it down to about 8 PSI in the field, pulled like a, like a tiger, and, and could do all these things. By the way, when they're, when they're hooked on the grain buggy with this, this unit in the field, they can't go down to quite 8 PSI because they have enough weight on the back that they got to keep it up maybe 12 PSI or somewhere in that range. I'm not exactly sure, but you kind of go, wow. So, so what is the reality on, and why, why do the Europeans all use it? Well, it actually pays back way faster than anybody thinks because you get a 15% fuel savings by having them pumped up in the road to the right pressure. You it rolls easier. You use less fuel by dumping them to the right pressure in the field you get way more traction, you use less fuel. So rather than putting them, you know, hockey went to, from 30 to eight, well, rather than running them at, I don't know, 22, which is kind of a compromise and you, you lose on both ends. No, you run them at the right pressure, 15% better fuel economy. And the research would say 20% more tire life. I think at 8,800 hours, they got way more than 20% more tire life. But when you start factoring those things in, you just say, man, like, why do more growers not do that? And it's a really good question. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Hey, it's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today. A few showers ending this afternoon, then cloudy sky. Wind west 30, gusting to 50. The high today, we've already surpassed it. The forecast high was 7. We're already at 10. The low, 0. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries in the morning, then 30% chance of rain showers in the afternoon. Wind northwest, 20. The high, plus 3 tomorrow. The low, minus 6. Thursday, cloudy, 30% chance of showers. The high, plus 4. The low, minus 4. Friday is supposed to be the really mild day, sunny with a high of plus 10 and windy, the low minus 3. Saturday, sunny, the high plus 3, the low minus 2. Sunday, sunny, the high 13 degrees, the low 0. And Monday, really warm, sunny, a high forecast, 16. The normal high for this date, plus 6. The normal low, minus 6. The sun rose at 741 this morning. It sets at 543 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, both tied, Kindersley and Moose Jaw, at almost 12 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 9. Estevan, plus 2. Saskatoon, plus 9. Swift Current, plus 6. Weyburn, plus 7. Yorkton, plus 3. Regina, cloudy and 10. That's plus 10. That's 50 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest, 45, gusting to 58. Humidity is 63%. The barometer rising, 100.4. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 12 degrees. Winds are from the west-northwest, 57, gusting to 70. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 10. That's 50 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. There are five factors to consider when choosing fields to grow peas and lentils to reduce the risk of aphanomyces root rot. This includes reviewing the field history, such as if it was a wet year the last time that peas or lentils were grown. Dr. Shama Chatterton, the pulse and special crops pathologist with Agriculture Canada in Lethbridge. The more times peas or lentils have been grown in that field, the more likely you're going to have high inoculum levels. The problem is, is that there's no magic number to say, okay, you've had peas in that field three times, you're done, you can't plant peas anymore. We don't know what that number is. Sweden, they did some research in the early 90s, and they found that some pea fields, if there was a pea every six years, some fields took three times of growing peas before the phanomyces problem got out of control. Other fields, it took five or six or more times before you had a problem. Field characteristics play a role with aphanomyces. Heavy textured high clay fields do tend to do worse than kind of a lighter textured sandy fields that have good drainage. So that could be one of the reasons why one field that might have three or four pea crops and then the other one you might be six or seven and it does fine. Uh, compacted fields also tend to do worse. So these are all important uh, factors to take into account when you're reviewing your field history. Chatterton recommends soil sampling either in the fall or the spring before growing peas or lentils. I still do recommend that you try to sample the fields of interest. Because now we're talking about fields that maybe had peas or lentils in them three, four years ago, you can do the sampling now in the fall or you can do it in the spring. The oospore levels aren't really going to change that much. Um, and so we do recommend this to try to give you an idea of the risk for that field. But having said that, we do have to be aware of false negatives. So we're going to use additional factors to make the decision. And then also consider a soil bait test they said you can do on your own. Pulses such as chickpeas, soybeans, and newer faba bean varieties are not susceptible to aphanomyces. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Harvest is wrapped up in the Yorkton area with production estimated at about average. The crop extension specialist in Yorkton, Samantha Marcino, says dry weather has hurt crop production in the Parkland region. Overall, I'd say it's probably average, maybe a little bit below average, depending on um, obviously the rainfall. Some areas did get adequate rainfall and might be above that average mark, but some areas are really dry and I don't think they would have hit their average this year. Was there much winter wheat fall rye planted in the Yorkton district? Not a whole lot that I've heard of. I mean, it was quite dry this fall, so I don't think guys would want to take the risk on that. Um, there's definitely some put in, but I would say an excessive amount. So you're saying soil moisture is pretty dry. Producers are hoping for a, a good rain, good snow cover? Yeah, I, I don't think we need rain uh, this time of year for sure, but uh, hopefully some snow. I mean, it's snowing today, so 
the winter's a long time, you know, if we get some good snowfall this winter and fill up some of those sloughs, some of those dugouts and uh, get a good start to the spring soil moisture for crops, I think guys will be happy. What about spring seeding intentions? Got any indications there of any big changes? Honestly, for this area, I don't think it'll change too much. Uh, if we stick in the dry pattern, maybe a few more pulses, but I think canola is going to stay king around here. Samantha Marcino is a crop extension specialist in Yorkton. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading this morning. Canola fell 460 at 491.87. Yellow peas gained 550 at 302.89. Number one red spring wheat dropped a dollar ten at 237.31. The rest were unchanged. Durham 279.25. Feed barley 219.70. Flax 653.92. Lentils 607.50. Oats, $190.53. Feed wheat, $183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat, December futures fell one and a quarter cents at five sixty-three and three quarter cents a bushel. This. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Waver and Livestock Exchange for the week of October 27th. We're starting to see a lot of cows hit the market now that everyone has them home from the pasture. At our last sale on October 14th, D1 and D2 cows sold from 75 cents to 85 cents. D3 cows sold from 65 cents to 75 cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1 to $1.10. We had a pre-sorted Charlay cap and yearling sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.46. It sold up to $2.61. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.22. It sold up to $2.50. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.10. It sold up to $2.50. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.07. It sold up to $2.22. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $1.97. It sold up to $2.07. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $1.88 and sold it to $1.96. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.85 and sold it to $1.92. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.81 and sold it to $1.89. And 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.71 and sold it to $1.78. Heifers were their usual 30 to 40 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500-pound tan steers at $2.21 a pound, a load of 550-pound tan steers at $2.07 a pound, a load of 600-pound tan steers at $1.95 a pound, a load of 650-pound tan steers at $1.92 a pound, a load of 700-pound tan steers at $1.89 a pound, and a load of 780-pound exotic steers at $1.78 a pound. This has been Stephanie Big reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that it's cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,700 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 182 to 207 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,700 head, 
selling in a range of 182 to 204 per CKG. Hams number one sows this week are selling in the range of 25 to 30 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is mixed and formal contract prices open mixed this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was down 35 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.3201. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 75.89 cents US. U.S. cash markets are mixed, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt region up $1.53, the national lower by $0.44, cents, and the national cutout adjusted base price down $1.26 U.S. 100 weight. While it does initially appear that a cash top could be developing, there are some very mixed signals to present. On the one hand, last week's cold storage report revealed that pork and cold storage was essentially even with month ago, about 20% lower than a year ago. Hams by themselves were 25% lower than a year ago, meaning the recent support seen in that primal makes sense. But bellies which came in 39% lower than a year ago, suggesting that throughput is good and stocks need to be built up, have seen double-digit losses over the past couple days. In any event, there is a lot of uncertainty present, and cash markets are as unpredictable as ever. Lean hog features, meanwhile, have made a bit of a recovery this morning and are attempting to regain the steep losses that were seen last Thursday. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence, olympic-buildings.ca. Meg Energy beat expectations as it posted its third consecutive quarter of net losses on a 44% drop in revenue caused by lower bitumen production and realized prices. The Calgary-based company says it lost $9 million or $0.03 cents a share for the three months ending September 30th, compared with a $24 million profit or $0.08 cents a share a year ago. It lost $80 million in the second quarter and $284 million in its first quarter of the fiscal year. Revenues decreased to $533 million from $958 million. Meg Energy was expected to lose $0.16 cents per share on $420.2 million in revenues. Maple Leaf Food says its third quarter profit was nearly five times higher than a year ago as it saw a strong performance by its meat protein group. It says it had a profit of $66 million, up from $13.4 million in the same quarter last year. Sales also increased to $1.06 billion from $995.8 million a year earlier. The company says its meat protein group reported sales growth of 6.4%, while the plant protein group saw sales growth of 9.3%. On the markets, losses in the key financial sector weighed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, with Canada's main stock index down in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 34 points at 16,045. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 134 points, at 27,551. The Canadian dollar traded at 75.92 cents US compared with 75.75 cents Monday. The December crude oil contract was up 59 cents at $39.15 per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.